All right, we're turning our Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. We're taking a short break from the book of John and going to emphasize prayer because that's what we're doing in our, um, our Ohana group starting tonight. So tonight or this week, we're, there'll be an emphasis on prayer. There's an old saying, the church marches forward on its knees, meaning in prayer. So if you're not part of an Ohana group, I suggest jump in, jump in. All right, I have here the words of a song. I gotta tell you this story. I, uh, years ago, I was invited to speak at a big church in Southern California uh, with Pastor Raul Reese. He was gone, he goes, can you share? Big church, three services. First two services went great. Third service, I don't know. You wanna have some oomph for the sermon? You wanna be alive and well? And I was just tired and hungry and cranky. And so, you know, the worship goes great, the announcements, and then they bring me out. And everybody in the church stood up, which they hadn't done the first two services. I thought, they're leaving. It's not gonna be that bad, people. Just what do you do? I had no idea what was going on. So I said, hey, what, what's going on? Uh, and somebody goes, oh, before the sermon, Pastor Raul, we all stand. And he prays for us that we'd hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I thought it was so powerful. Childlike faith. Can we stand? I want to pray for you. But I want to go a step further. I, I, I want to sing over you. Because after that, you're going to need prayer. How was church today? It was painful. <laughs> this guy cackled up there. Do you know this song? Anybody remember this? Anybody old enough and cool enough? Oh, how? Do you know it, Danielle? You want to sing it? I get the first line, we got it. Oh, how he loves. I don't know, messing up. Oh, how he loves. Nope, that's the second one. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Wow, a lot of you know it. Isn't that a cool thing? I mean, he gave his life. What more could he give? You know, if you're convinced this song is for you, you're going to get a lot out of this sermon. It's all about the Holy Spirit. It's all about what God wants to do in your heart this morning. But if you don't know, if you haven't digested the fact that God is madly in love with you, you might not get much out of this. I, I uh, oh, this, we're going from corny to cornea. Do you remember Romper Room, anybody? I mean, and Miss Nancy would get up at the end and she'd have her magic mirror and she'd say, do be a doobie and don't be a don't be. And she'd say, oh, I see you standing. And she'd name people as if she could see you through the TV. And one day I'm home sick from school and I'm literally standing in the corner. And Miss Nancy goes, and Mike, I see you standing in the corner. I said, mom, she saw me. No, it's for real. 
I wish I could go around the room today. Say, poor, he loves you. Aaron, you're questionable. No, he loves you too. Just, uh, but you know, to just make it so special where you, where you could leave here today saying, God, here I am, your favorite. Your favorite just crying out to you. Let's pray, Father. Have we grown so accustomed to church that we've left out your spirit? This morning, if it's the last time we ever gather, may you cause us to hear what the spirit says to the church. And not just hear it and don't do anything, but to receive it. Digest it and live it. May you be glorified and your people edified. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We got through it. <laughs> All right, I did something on my birthday that I don't think I've ever done before. Last Tuesday was my birthday. Uh, if you missed it, don't say, okay, I'm very blessable. It's good for another couple months. But Karen and I, my wife and I were on the mainland. We're at a conference at, again, Pastor Rolls Church. And uh, I, I went forward for an altar call. And you think, did he finally get saved? No, it's like, I don't think I ever went forward before. I mean, I've been walking with God since I, I first met him in 1971. I was two years old. Now, I was older than that, but it was just, I, I, I just, why don't you respond to an altar call? I don't know. I think I'm chicken. I, I think that's pride. You know, like, you know, what are people thinking? Are they going, okay, what sin is Mike repenting of? But, you know, this time I was really on a roll. I uh, was up to date on my Bible reading, my devotions. God was answering prayers. I was witnessing a lot, getting to see fruit. And I go to, to this conference. I'm just minding my own business, taking notes. But Rolf's son, Ryan, maybe you know him from the whosoever's. Remember John 3, 16, that whosoever believes in Jesus? He, Ryan Reese has this ministry called the whosoever's. And he's a crazy skater, tats, long hair. Love this guy. As he began to speak on the Holy Spirit, something was going on in my heart. I don't know. If, have you ever been there where you go, okay, this is, this is a God moment. This is between me and God, and I want to respond. And so Karen asked me, why did you go forward? What, do you want a bigger church? You want to be on TV? No. You know what I want? I want to fulfill my purpose. There's two prayers I've prayed over people more than any other two prayers. One of them is, is what we're going to do today, exceedingly abundantly. But the other is Psalm 20, verse 4, may God grant you according to your hearts. I think that word grant is powerful. I see like a king extending his scepter. He's granting you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. To me, the secret of a, a happy, fulfilled life, you do what God created you to do. And do it with all your heart. Do it unto the King of Kings. And so I responded. With that, we are going to read Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. I'm reading from the King James, the New King James. 
For this reason, we'll find out what reason he's going to talk about. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying, this is what I pray for you. I mean, I appreciate it when someone says, I've prayed for you. I really appreciate it when they say, this is what I'm praying for. You know, wisdom, vision, strength. And so he's going to go on to four specific things he's praying for them. I'm going to give you a heads up. The first one is the long one. The next three are very short. Okay? So for this reason, I'm praying for you guys. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, so we're all, we all go back to him, that he would grant you, there's that word again, according to the riches of his glory. We're going to come back to that phrase. According to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit. So it's this Holy Spirit work. And where is it done? In your inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, notice this, with all the saints, it's not by yourself, what is the width, length, and depth, and height? We can't get into that too much today. We'll get into it more next Sunday with the prayer of Moses. And he goes, Lord, show me your glory. I want to know you better. Verse 19, to, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so to know something you really can't know, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, I don't think you're going to stress it any more than that, exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we could ask or think, according to the power, we're going back to the Holy Spirit there, the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So he ends his prayer. Okay. He's saying, that now, now this, is, this is why I'm praying for you, for this reason. And you go, for, for what reason? Sorry. This can't fall. Okay. For what reason? He goes, well, in ver the, the verse before it, I don't want you to lose heart. You see, the devil was working on these guys. There's this saying, if, if the devil can't deceive you, he will try to discourage you. And they were discouraged because earlier he's describing his trials, what he's going through, and they're going, if the apostle Paul is barely making it, I got no chance. And he goes, I don't want you to be discouraged. And so maybe you came here this morning like Tyler was talking about. Maybe he brought stuff with you. And maybe for some, it was the best week of your life. It was glorious for, for others. Man, can we delete that last week? It was the hardest. You know, for some, you go, um, I, I have bills I'm not sure. I have medical issues I'm not sure about. I have relationship stuff going on. I, 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 I don't know what to do next. And maybe you're one that the Lord, that the, the devil is just trying to discourage you. You know, there's a story, about, this is a true story called No Hope Carter. This has nothing to do with my good friend across the street, Carter, who owns the health food store. He's Grandpa Carter. I'm Grandpa Mike. But there's a true story about a guy named Carter who had venereal disease. And the doctors had told him, there's no hope. This disease will take over your mind and you will die. And then he was put in a mental institution. 
And he would just go back and forth like this. No hope. No hope. No hope. So a man visited him two weeks before Carter died. And he described him. He's, he looked disheveled and, you know, just like out of it, shrinking away. And he observed him. All he did, back and forth, no hope, no hope, no hope. And he died two weeks later. You see, some of you are believing the lie of the devil and saying there's no hope. I got you. I got a stronghold on you, and I'm never letting go. I got you. There is no hope. And some of you are the no-hope Carter going, there's no hope, there's no hope. That's where this sermon comes in. That's where these verses come in. There's hope in Jesus Christ. Hopelessness is defined as anticipated defeat. It's the person who says, when I look at today's challenges, all I can expect to do is fail. Don't be the no-hope Carter. We're talking about exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all you could ask or think. Hey, you know what? January 1st, you want a, a verse to claim for the next year? Why not this one? God, may you do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all I could ask or think this year. That would be awesome. I can't even imagine what you want to do. That's having your eyes on Jesus Christ. Now, as he says that, he would grant you. There's four petitions. All four start with that. And again, the first one's the long one. Next three or not. Strengthen your inner man. There's such an emphasis today on the outer man, the outer person, the outer woman. And people are pouring hundreds and even thousands of dollars into their body to make it look better. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be as ugly as we can. I think it's great. Even um, for Timothy, we're told bodily exercise is good for a little bit. But how about spiritual exercise? And, and so he says, you know, there's such an emphasis on the outer person. We're neglecting the inner person, or we get sloppy about our inner person. He says, no, I, I want you to be strong there. Now think of this, Ephesus, he's writing to the Ephesians. They're in the town of Ephesus. Paul one time pastored this place. He also pastored in um, Corinth and another in Antioch. So he was not only the apostle Paul, he was pastor Paul to many people. And he goes, I know what goes on in your, in your hometown. You think pornography is hard. Try legal prostitution. They thought they were doing their God a service by servicing you. Sometimes as many as a thousand prostitutes would come out at night and roam the cities trying to seduce you and do their God a favor. And he says, you know, I know that represents a stronghold in your past because no one told you it was wrong. Matter of fact, your parents encouraged it. Your dads gave you girls away. You, 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 you just said, yeah, go, go, go worship your God, Diana. And he says, you grew up with this. You, you didn't know it was a stronghold. And now that you're trying to resist and abstain, all of a sudden you're going, wait a minute. I have a major struggle inside because it was a previous stronghold. So how, try to do this. Let's picture yourself in a movie, and the movie's dated 1200 A.D. So it's the age of chivalry. It's the age of castles with moats, and even the horses have armor all over their body. And you're one of the good guys. 
And you've been battling the enemy, and you go, oh, it's time to retreat to the castle. So you cross the moat, you go into the castle, you close those humongous castle doors, and then the big slab of timber that locks the door shut. But the enemy is relentless and just pounding and pounding on the door, and you see it bolting in like, so you, go, you press up against it with all your might. For what, 30 seconds? A year? A lifetime? Sooner or later you go, this is impossible. I can't resist. They're going to break down. And I, say, I want you to be strengthened with power, with His Holy Spirit power. Now he says, according to God's riches, not out of. So here's the deal. What's the difference between according to and out of? Say you know Bill Gates. Witness to him, okay? The guy needs, anyway. Say you know Bill Gates and you go, I want to raise money for those kids in the Philippines that we're talking about. And so you go up to Bill Gates and go, yeah, could you spare $1,000 for this ministry we're doing? I know you're a billionaire. <laughs> could you spare 1000 And he reaches in and grabs his wallet. You're going, hot dog? And he opens his wallet and gives you a $5 bill. Even though he's a multi-billionaire now, he's giving you out of his billion. You see, if instead he brings out his checkbook, he writes down his name, writes down your name, and says, you just fill in the amount, whatever you need. See, that's according to his riches. And that's the word, the phrase used here for God. He doesn't give you bare minimum. It's according to his riches. So he wants you to be strengthened. And notice it's through the Spirit. Now, this is where it gets controversial. People just kind of freak out about the Holy Spirit today. One guy of years, I think this is Moody or Spurgeon, one of those famous preachers of yesterday, said, how long will they split hairs over the very thing they need? So, and, you know, people go, oh, the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit, the filling of the Spirit, do you get it all at once? Does it happen here? Does, and, and they get so caught up in terminology. They miss the whole point. They satisfy themselves in arguing scriptures rather than praying them. God, whatever this book is talking about, I need in my life. So there's a saying that if you take the Holy Spirit, you take the Holy Spirit out of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is about 20 miracles in about 20 years. You take the Holy Spirit out of the book of Acts, the church comes crashing down and the world notices. You take the Holy Spirit out of so many churches today, nothing crashes down and nobody notices because we've gotten so used to Oh, we got songs, we got a sound system, we got a speaker. Do we have the Holy Spirit? That's the whole issue here. Now, Jesus said, I'm leaving. <laughs> In John 14. <laughs> hey, Jesus, I left everything for you, and now you say you're bailing. I, you know, for the last three and a half years, I've gotten very comfortable being with you. I like this relationship. Will you leave? Are you kidding? I don't be with Peter and Judas. Okay. No, that's not good. He says, no, I, I'm leaving you 
but I'm going to give you another helper. And in the Greek, it means another of the same kind. What's that supposed to mean? I understand there's these tennis shoes now, or East Coast, it's sneakers that are super expensive. You guys heard about these things? Some, some preachers, that's what they're doing on the main. They're coming out with these sequin sneakers or whatever. Suppose I borrow your sneakers, your tennis shoes, and they're $3,000. And I said, hey, listen, I guarantee you, if I mess up, I'll replace them. So of course I mess up. And, and they come back all ripped to shreds, and they go, hey, listen, I told you I'd repl I'm going to replace it. I'm going to get you another pair. So I go thrifting. I go to Savers. I find a pair, yeah, technically tennis shoes. I, they're about three sizes too small, but they're good. And I give them to you. I say, I got you another pair. But it wasn't another of the same kind. That's the emphasis here. Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm going to give you another of the same kind, and you will sense, you will believe, you will trust that the Holy Spirit of the living God is with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll give you another of the same kind. Now, what you need to understand about the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, there are three prepositions. Remember prepositions? I think there's 40, 48 of them. So these are from Jesus himself. So in John chapter 14, verse 17, he says, the Holy Spirit is, uh, he dwells with you and will be in you. He makes a distinction. These are the first two. Holy Spirit is with you. Now, maybe if you're here this morning, Holy Spirit's with you. Holy Spirit with you is what he's drawing you to Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's a little painful because he shows you your sin. He shows you how far you drifted, how far you are from God, but he's with you, leading you, wooing you to Jesus Christ. The second thing is you go, okay, Jesus come into my heart. And Jesus said, if you ask me in, my Father and I will come in and dwell in you. We'll take our abode in you. So there's the second one. He's leading me to Christ. I ask Christ into my heart. He's now in me. And then the third one in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The Holy Spirit, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. A third preposition. And as you read through the book of Acts, the rest of the book is the upon experience. So in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Acts chapter 8, we'll get into that in a second, came upon them. Acts chapter 10, Peter's speaking at the house of Cornelius, the Spirit comes upon them. Acts chapter 19, Paul's in Ephesus, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. It's always the upon. So here's my deal. Uh, oh, one more thing, Acts chapter 8. Let's turn there. You got it? Acts chapter 8. Now, this is a great little story, but this, I think, proves me, proves the point. All right. Acts chapter 8. Oh. I'm in the wrong one. Acts chapter 8. Here we go. What did I say? 14. No wonder. Okay, here it is. 14. Now, when the apostle, so the apostle Peter, or apostle Philip had gone to Samaria from Jerusalem, so he goes north, northwest, 
to this town of sinners. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, not only that, they were, demons were being cast out, people were getting healed, they're getting water baptized in the name of Jesus. So they heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent, the apostles sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Notice this. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So can we just simplify this? Do you ever just read your Bible and say, God, that's what I want? You're talking about the Holy Spirit. Just a pawn? I'll just forget all the terminology. Just, God, I want the reality. I, I want the real pawn. Just, Lord, I see it in your scriptures. I want it in my life. I want the reality of resurrection power in my heart. So then he says I, that he'd grant you. Now, John, uh, in John chapter 7, Jesus is talking about living waters. And he calls out in John chapter 7, notice this, there's again the words of Christ. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, notice this, as the scripture has said, he's quoting, he's banking this on the scripture, out of his heart will flow rivers, torrents, Niagara Falls of living water. Does that describe you? I don't care about terminologies and hang-ups on, on this or that. If I asked your spouse, does he have rivers of living water come out of Oh, he's got something coming out of him. Foul mouth, anger, bitterness. Guys, this is like as encouraging as it gets. Jesus is saying, banking on the scriptures, you come to believe in me, you're going to have torrents, rivers of living water come out of you. This is not something you practice in front of the mirror. This is not something you give it your best shot. This is something God does on the inside, and it pops out, and it's an overflow. So have you ever prayed, God, give me your rivers of living water? Don't get hung up on, oh, it's the baptism, the bill. Just say, Lord, you know that scripture in John 7? That's what I want. That's what I want. You, you see, if, there's, if, if I don't have the rivers, or if, if I lack love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, if there's a serious deficiency in these, that's the fruit of the Spirit. These things, if, I'm, if they're deficient, it's my walk with the Holy Spirit. It's my relationship with Him. I need Him. Now, here's the key. You're going, how do I do this? The same faith it takes to ask Jesus into your heart is the faith it takes to ask the Holy Spirit to grant you rivers to come upon you. It's that simple. My wife was all by herself. Years way before we got married, she's reading a book by herself, and she simply said, Lord, I want this, and he filled her. We make it way too complicated. I went to pray for a gal once, said, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. And I go to lay hands, and she goes like, and I go, what are you doing? It's going to be heavy. I said, girl, you're not going to receive anything. You're all locked up. Relax. Which she did. 
but she was filled with the Spirit. We we forget. God loves us. He wants His best for us. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond all we can ask or think. So why are we tightening up? Rather just open up. I told one lady, another one just tightened up. I go, listen, God has a bucket of love over your head. He's just going to pour it over you. You ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. And he filled her. It's so simple. Now, the second that is that Christ may dwell. This is not just a visit. This is permanent. This is where, yeah, he's there. He's at home. He's at peace. Years ago, we had a phone call from somebody at the airport. We didn't know. They come over there calling churches because as soon as they landed, they were ripped off of everything. He goes, can you guys help at all? So we let it known to the church. People responded with money and food and prayers, and it was amazing just to take a step back and watch God work through his people. Then the guy takes everything, and he goes to a palm reader to have his fortune told. See, that's an example of just a temporary visit rather than, no, it's me and Jesus from here on out. So, that he may dwell. Now, that you, I want you to see the terminology here. Being rooted and grounded. See, I got some trees in my yard. They're rooted and grounded. They don't jump around. If they're in the backyard, they stay in the backyard. So, being rooted and grounded may comprehend with all the saints. So, now he's saying, I'm going to pray for something that you can't do by yourself. It's with all the saints. Now, Believe it or not, I used to serve pipeline. I was one of the kooks out there. But uh, that's why I came here, to surf there, run from God, surf there. And one day I got up extra early. I had a bike. We lived at, uh, me and my roommates were at um, backyards. Back then it was six cottages on an acre of land on the beach. And rent was 200 bucks, not each. Total. So it was 50 bucks each to live on the beach at just past sunset. So I get on my bike that early that morning. It's still dusk. You, know, you hardly see anything. And I ride the pipeline. It's perfect. Nobody out. It's like 900 feet tall. And it wasn't that big. It was like six foot, eight foot. Super glassy, meaning it's like a mirror, but nobody's out. And, it, you know, so I paddle out. And then you go, well, where am I supposed to sit? and wait for a wave. I couldn't tell. If you're in too close, the next big wave is going to thrash you. If you're out too far, you'll never catch a wave. It was beautiful and yet eerie at the same time. All by myself for a while. And I remember thinking, I wish I had some friends to help me navigate this. I'm really new here in Hawaii. I hope I'm in the right place. You see the saying right here, it says, with all the saints. Those are the friends to help you navigate. Have you ever been, you come to church, and here's a guy who's been here for two weeks, and he knows everybody, and you don't know squat. And you've been here for 30 years. And you go, how does this guy know everybody? What's with him? Oh, he's part of an Ohana group. He'll be here this afternoon helping with fish and loaves. He's ministry-minded. 
He's serving the Lord. He, he comes to church early and stays late and talks to people. He's just like, what? Yeah, it, it's with all the saints. They help you navigate. They help pray for you, encourage you, correct you, keep you accountable. But it's that with all the saints, the last one is that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Meaning, there's room to grow. This shouldn't look like a test tube, but like a sponge. Where I come to the Lord so dry, so withered up. And as that sponge gets filled, it expands, it grows, it increases. It's like family portraits. <laughs> we have a lot of family pictures, thanks to my wife. She always thinks of it as everybody's leaving. Are you there? Everybody's leaving, we're all tired. Let's take a picture. Oh, stop it. But thanks to her, we got pictures everywhere. And a lot of them are going, we don't look like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you grew. So I come home one day. My wife took all these pictures. We have these beautiful oak cabinets, real wood cabinets in our kitchen, everywhere. Not anymore. You can't tell they're oak. They might as well be cardboard because they're covered with pictures and then glued on so it's permanent. Go, woman, where's my oak cabinets? I love, oh, no, 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 pictures. But that's the idea here. We're in this together. We take pictures, we take family portraits. We love on each other. It's with all the saints and that we may be filled with all the goodness of God. We're starting to land the plane. At this point, you're going, will that quote work for me? I mean, I've heard sermons before. I get all fired up and then go home and crash and burn. Will it work? And I'm thinking, will this work? Well, while you're thinking, quote this scripture, exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all you could ask or think. You cannot even dream what God wants to do in your life. That's what Paul's praying. He goes, man, I wish you knew you could pray and go, God, I'm not it's your favorite. Here I am. I wish you knew what the, the relationship he wants. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. So, a big mistake we do when it comes to the Holy Spirit is we go by feeling. We think it's some emotional thing, and it can be. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen people shake and bake and all that. Just others just uh, say thank you as you pray for them. So we get to the California on this trip last week, and we go to Fox Car Rental. I had a prepaid car rental, and the guy goes, "Hey." We're out of your cars. We got to move you up to a, a Dodge. I'm like, okay, whatever. Not thinking much. So we get there, and I see a four-letter word on the side of the car: H E M I. Hemi. My wife has no idea what that means. I'm going. Oh, I know what it means. That's French for big engine. So we get this Hemi, and we get inside. And my wife has no idea. She's just tired. Let's go. And you turn it on, 
what's that noise? I think it's the engine. <laughs> Jesus, I hate that. I know it's disgusting. Let me try to turn it off and turn it on again. See if it does it again. You know, and then so, so then they, they go, okay, we, we got to get on the freeway in Southern Cal with all those kooky drivers. And nobody's letting me on. We don't have any Hollywood drivers. Oh, try come, try come. No, it's like, oh. And so there's a little bit of room, and a Camaro's coming up. Let's see what the puppy will do. I had my seatbelt on. I didn't speed. I just accelerated very quickly. And I punched it. Weird. <laughs> and my wife is halfway to the back seat. Her beautiful cheeks are behind her ears. Her life is flashing before her eyes, and she sees a tombstone at the end. Karen, the babe of babes, and just, and she goes, did you mean to do that? No, my foot slipped. Just, <laughs> what a rush. I think it'll slip again before the end of the trip. But that's the thing we think, okay, when I pray for the Holy Spirit, it's gonna be No, he can do that. He did it in the book of Acts. Other times, it's by faith. You think Peter felt this big rush of power when he stepped out of the boat on the water? I don't think so. Okay, Lord, if that's you, I'm coming. Bid me to come. And if you're waiting for this lightning bolt, this Hemi engine, and all this stuff, it could be there, but most likely it's not. It's the fruit we're looking for, the love, joy, and peace. It's the power to witness we're looking for. That's what Jesus talked about. It's more like this story. I've told this story before. Sorry if you've heard it. One time I went to India. I've been there a bunch of times. I went there, and it was monsoon season, September. And I'm going, what am I doing here? We're in the city of Nagpur, one of my favorite places. It's right in the middle. Nag in Hindi is snake. Poor, Nagpur, it's the abode or the home of snakes. So Raj Nag is King Cobra, King Snake. So we're in there and it's monsoon season and we're going to this Bible college and it's flooding. The rain is relentless and we're, we take off our slipper, we're going, or maybe we're slipping, and we're going like this through, you know, our pants are rolled up. And the pastor behind me goes, Watch out for cobras. Roger, got that. One comes, I'm flinging them back to you. So, and it's true, it's, it's the city of snakes. And they come out and bite people when it's monsoon. So we get to the building and it's a tin roof like this. And the rain was relentless. I couldn't hear myself think. Then it was humid, because it's India. And I'm sitting in the back and the electricity's out. I have a PowerPoint, because especially in another language, PowerPoint really helps visualize. And I felt as spiritual as a brick. I'm thinking, Lord, I just want to suck my thumb and sit in the corner and wish I had my pillow. You know, it's just like, I don't feel anything. I don't want to be here. What are we doing? I just prayed, Lord, would you fill me now with your spirit? I didn't feel squat. I felt no difference whatsoever. I get up there, still raining, still humid, still no electricity. 
but these Bible students are just ready. Well, let's try it. God poured out his spirit. I mean, it was almost like I'm stepping back and watching the Holy Spirit move. By the end of this, the first lesson, electricity goes back on, light, rain stops. God poured out his spirit. You see, if you're here today and you're going, oh, I'm waiting for the Hemi engine. I'm waiting for the, you know, the Popeye eating his spinach. Da, 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 da. I'm waiting for the Superman's cape. It ain't going to happen. It could. But it's a prayer. Lord, may you feel me. We prayed for people and nothing happened that we could see. So instead of at a home Bible study, the next week they come back, hey, we're curious, we prayed for you to be filled, and what, anything happened? And no, uh, well, I did witness, I was riding the bus, and, and then I witnessed over here, and then and we, <laughs> he witnessed like 37 people this past week. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses when the Spirit comes upon you. Others light up with love, joy, and peace. Others can't get enough of their Bible. They have fallen in love with it. It's not so much a feeling. It's a fact. You pray, and he will fill. So we end with this, that Christ may dwell. Here, Paul, um, Paul's talking about Christ dwelling. He's talking about this relationship with Jesus Christ. And in, in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he's talking about the door of your heart. And some people feel, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Others, ah, just a little ting, ting, ting. But he says, I'm, I'm knocking at the door of your heart, and if you hear me, open up. And I'll come in. How simple is that? That's, that's how this relationship starts. The Holy Spirit's with you, bringing you to him. He comes in you. As you say, yes, Lord, Please forgive me of my sins. Jesus said in John 3, unless you're born again, you're not even going to see the kingdom of heaven. So here he's, okay, Lord, I, I know that's you. I know I'm being convicted of my sins. I've been less than perfect. I need a total cleansing. That's what he, that's what he does. But then we talked about strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit in the inner man. And that's why we quote Jesus again. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow. I don't have to work at it. I don't have to pump it up. It flows. Rivers of living water. We end here. The same faith it takes to ask Christ into your heart is the faith it takes to ask the Spirit to come upon you. I'm not here to argue semantics. I'm here to share scriptures and ask you, is that you? Does that describe you? Do you need a fresh touch? Because I went forward. I said, yeah, Lord. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? I didn't plan for beyond this part of the sermon, but like if the worship guys would come up, I don't want to close in prayer. If anybody wants prayer, come on up. Come on up.
Father, it's all about you. May you work in our hearts. Father, I know there's people addicted to things that are, are sin. There's people, I, I just see strongholds and footholds and a hundred times trying to get clean. I see chains removed, breaking free. People reaching out to you. Though they came here minding their own business, hearing about the spirit and hearing about the work you want to do, saying yes. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we pray, draw us closer to you. In these closing moments, finish the work you came here this morning to accomplish.